How do? How do you? <laughs> Tony Wilson. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Tony is uh, a Farney lad, Farnworth. Is Farnworth classed as Bolton or is it between Bolton and Manchester? It's Bolton. You've got to get it right. Bolton. Bolton, sorry. Well, is, is it Bolton? Bolton? It is, yeah. So, Tony's got in touch with me. A uh, little bit of channel news from the start. This is my full-time job now. We've made some decisions at home. Those that have been following channel a while know my daughter's been ill. That is our priority. So now, you know, um, we're having to change the direction as a family. So, 24-7, I'll be getting out there and interviewing people. Uh, we've had a little chat, me and Tony, in, uh, in Costa. Uh, I love meeting people, me. Uh, fascinating. Our paths have crossed. Uh, I recognised him straight away. He's picked out his 20 questions. Going to ask him, for those that are new to the channel, the 20 questions are by way of an introduction. At the end, there's a few longer ones today I want to ask Tony about. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. Just going to drop it on his toes. Um, but we're going to do his full story over the next couple of weeks, including... Growing up in care, which apparently was a wretched time. It was. Uh, this lad is, was, I, I certainly would not challenge him now, but he's a fighter. Uh, Ex-fighter. Ex-fighter. Uh, the nose is a giveaway now. I'd have definitely put you down as a boxer. And Arthur is maybe another clue. He is well-spoken, Tony. He has had some sort of life. He also uh, was an IPP prisoner. We're going to cover that at some stage. Still on. And he's still on licence. Still has to see probation. Um, the IPP sentence for me and a lot of people, absolute torture for people. We'll go into that in depth because he, he's got some knowledge, this lad. So we'll do 20 questions, mate, then I've got a few longer ones. Yeah. And away we go, yeah? Yeah. Okay. First question. Some of these are a bit tough, Tony. Yeah, okay. Like I always say to people, you know, if, if you're uncomfortable talking about anything, you don't talk about it on here. It's out of interest. <coughs> So what damage do you think you've done to your loved ones going to prison? Obliterated it. It's not just, yeah, obliterated my whole family. I had a son, he was six years old, um, and I chose drugs over him. So, and, yeah, it's it's not been good. Are you, are you in touch with your son? I was, but he's 33 now. Things didn't work out, but I'm still in touch with my granddaughter, his, his daughter, uh, and I seen her the other day, so oh, right. I, at least I'm in touch with my, my granddaughter. So never say never, mate, eh? No. Again, this is a... Okay, I'm just going to fire away, Tony. If you could turn back the clock, where would you turn it back to? Uh, to the first time I took drugs, and I wouldn't take them. Good answer. What turned you to crime? 
Uh, well, my crimes at, at the beginning were usually violent crime, fighting, um, sticking up for myself, fighting bullies. Um, so it it was that. But if you're talking about thieving and making money, dealing drugs, that was due to becoming addicted to drugs. I, I'm I'm just going to tell you two people who I know. <laughs> one one we've talked about, um, who Tony grew up with, went to school with. I asked him about Tony. She said, uh, KK, that um, he had an extremely tough childhood. He had a bit of a crush on her at school. <laughs> yeah, but she had nothing bad to say about him. The other lad. Um, he said he's another farmer lad grown up he's a couple of well he's quite a bit younger than you Tony but he said uh, he's not someone you would want to come across so I asked him you know quite definitely was this lad i.e. yourself a trouble causer he says not as I remember however you know if you have a name a bit of a reputation then people are going to challenge you aren't they yeah um, and he, he pretty much said that. <laughs> he said, you know, he's not so, someone who's going to go in somewhere looking for trouble. However, if someone brings trouble, then he's going to deal with it. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I, there's only there's only one person who, who I hurt who was an innocent, who I still to this day regret. Do you know what? I was going to ask you that at the end. So do you just want to... Wait. Yeah. Do you, you want to, no, do you want to expand on that now? <laughs> well, I can expand on it now. Um, I I believe that I've never had a fight or hurt anybody who hasn't tried to hurt me first, yeah? Yeah. I've never, that's the way it was. Now, this particular time I was in Farmworth on the bus station, there used to be a kiosk, and a firework came flying over the kiosk and blew up about three feet from my face, and it made me jump. And I, I got straight angry straight away because I hated fireworks anyway. Yeah. I run round the kiosk <coughs> and there was a lad stood there on his own and I just set about him. You know, he didn't have a chance. He didn't even have a chance. You know, I just bump bump. And he's on the floor and then the bus driver opened his door and he said it wasn't him. It was them two kids over there and there were two kids further up near the market yeah. laughing. And then I'm like, sorry mate, sorry, I'll just leave me alone, go away, go away. And to this day, I still regret How old were you then? I, I was about 18. Really? Yeah. So over 40 years? Yeah. Yeah. Fair dues, mate. Fair dues. But any old school from Farmworth will know what I used to be like. If you had three wishes now, without going into it, you know, what would I wish for? Yeah. That there were no drugs on the earth, that there was no hunger, and that everyone could be happy. Very noble, mate. Very noble. Um, I'm learning a lot about you already, really. We've had this little chat, haven't we? Yeah. We've talked on phone and we've messaged <coughs> each other. Would you give anyone during your prison career, credit for helping you? Yeah. Um, a few of the staff, um, 
Joseph that, that, that used to be in the cleaning shop. I was with her for two years in the cleaning shop in Strange Ways. Let me tell you who Josie is. So, we used to have some workshops. There's still a few at Strange Ways now, but not as many. So, people probably won't understand. You did a proper cleaning course in there, didn't you? Yeah. An industrial cleaning course. Uh, Josie, what would you say? She was shorter than five foot? Yeah. Yeah, but she was... Six and a half, seven stone wet through. Yeah, yeah. Didn't mess about with her, did you, mate? No. I was always respectful, and she liked that. She, she her, her aim was to train lads, some of who didn't want to be there, to industrial level at cleaning, which is some of... I, I know lads who have gone away and made a career out of that. Yeah, it was, for me, personal activity. Maybe not everyone saw it, but like you said... You've got fond, fond memories of that, Alice. Yeah, I have, yeah. And the, and the, the actual um, workshop, because I was there two years and I did my teacher trainer in the end. I became a teacher trainer where I could actually test people in all aspects of industrial yeah. cleaning. That's from the basic, which is what the lads had to do to just get a landing cleaning job, yeah. right up to teacher trainer. Was Guy with her then? I can't remember, Guy. Lad who had his ears pierced, he had... It might have been, I just remember Joseph. Yeah, but, not uh, good with names, are you, mate? No, I'm not, I'm not good with names. Which is, which is fine, that's, when I, when um, I asked Tony to send me a picture, that's where I knew him from. He was on K-Wing when I were there, he was in the jail when I were there, but I used to work, um, one of the K-Wing jobs was November 4th, it's a roving patrol, and I used to be in them workshops, because I knew I knew his face, but I couldn't, couldn't place where from. Yeah. She's a good one. She was. Does going to prison make you a better or worse criminal? Well, in my experience, it's just par for the course. I don't know if it made me better at anything. It, it, <laughs> in the 80s, it owned me skill, fighting skills because I was always <laughs> fighting, so I suppose it made me a better scrapper. Which is, is your early career was all around fighting, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Have you ever tried spice? No. Drug of choice. At the time, cracking heroin. You know what I mean by that, Tony, don't you? When yeah. I said choice. Yeah. The reason I wouldn't have spice is because it makes you vulnerable. <coughs> you're too vulnerable, and any you're open to anyone just doing anything they want to you. Where the other drugs, not so much. No, I never took crack inside anyway. Can I just ask you this, because I've never thought about this, what you've just said, answer to that question, Spice being vulnerable, I've seen that. Yeah. You know, certainly the first 20 minutes after you take it, people pass out, vomiting, unconscious, you know, they, they lose control of themselves. Well, you become vulnerable. So, taking crack and heroin, if you, if you were going to be fighting someone and you'd taken crack at heroin, would, would it not alter anything? Would it enhance it? You know, how would that? Well, I, I mean, when I was actually at my height of dealing drugs, I had pe I've had people come through my door when I've just had my heroin and crack and fought, well, I fought six of them off on my own at one time with two knives and they went scarpering. So yeah, it does make you a bit slower, but if you've got it in you, it's, it's in you. But that spice, no too much like um, comatose, you, you, you're open to anybody doing anything they want.
you've mentioned Josie, any actual prison officers ever help you out? Yeah, one in particular, and I'm really sorry I can't remember his name, but he was an SO. He was on the voluntary or mandatory drug testing. And when I first went in, I was obviously on crack and heroin. Yeah. I'd been for 25, 30 years. And when I got my IPP, I had to stop. Yeah. So I did my rattle and I knew loads of people. Just tell people who don't understand what, what your rattle is. It's when you're coming off the drugs and it is bad. It, no it, methadone so, then, no, was it? No, I was on methadone, 70 mils. There were no methadone in prison. Yeah. So I had to do a six week rattle and I didn't sleep for six weeks. The doctor kept saying, oh, that's impossible. No, it's not. I didn't sleep for six weeks and it was horrendous. But I, I had one voice here saying, come on, you can do it. And I had another voice here saying, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't handle it. Um, but I did it, I soldiered it. Um, but it was, it was, that's one of the hardest, that was worse than anything I've ever done. Really? Yeah. Right, I'll, I'll tell you something now and then you tell me your experience having said what you've said. I said when I was at Forest Bank, yeah, um, people are disgusted by this. Um, maybe the people I should ask is like yourself, Tony, people who've been heroin addicts at the time and stuff. Right, at Forest Bank at that time, the early years, there was no methadone, yeah? So they had DF-118s. They would come in, they would have a week's worth of DF-118s, however that works, some inhibitor or whatever. They would do the rattle, like you say, a proper detox. They'd be behind the door most of the time and people found it odd. Lads have told me one of the things that sort of made them think about crime was the fact they didn't want to come into prison and do the rattle because yeah. it was odd. Mm. And I did see, physically see, lads come in who I knew well who would leave prison six, seven, eight months, 12 months later, having put weight on, fit and healthy, eating, going to the gym. On methadone, I never saw anyone do that. I never saw... They all come in looking ill. And no matter how long they were doing, they all went out looking ill. Now, it's, it's not for me to say whether that's against human rights or not, giving people methadone and people shouldn't be left to to detox because that's what it is, isn't it, on their own. Your thoughts on that? Well, the way I see it, from only I can only do it from my experience. If when I went in in 2005 that he give me methadone, I would still be on methadone now. See, that's my problem. I would still be on methadone my, now, so I'd still be an addict. My, my problem my problem is with it, uh, Tony, from, if you want to say, political point of view, yeah, the detox doctors and that, um, the system around methadone, what it costs the prison service, the fact that people come in and you're maintaining their addiction. I, I have no doubt, I have seen people, there's people in my community now who go to the chemist, you know they're on a script, yeah? That might be keeping them uh, away from doing crime and actually taking heroin, maintaining them. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not arguing one way or other, I'm saying my The bit. only good thing, I, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, you. no, no this good, is why we're here, mate. The only good thing that I can see about giving the inmates methadone is it must have cut the suicides down. Because not everyone's as strong, maybe, as I was to be able to do the rattle. In fact, I know for a fact that at least three people committed suicide on um, the drugs wing, the, the rattle wing, when I was there. Right. I'll, I'll give you the other side of that coin now. That, again, uh, you're right, 
you're right you know i've seen some people who are quite weak on the other side of that when we come to deaths in custody i know people who were on methadone and were taking anything else they could get anything including heroin yeah, yeah? and for me yeah, I am not a doctor, I'm not a detox doctor or whatever, but I will tell you quite definitely, people have overdosed on drugs and they've been on the methadone program. It doesn't say that in the coroner's report. It doesn't say it was on methadone and anything else they could get. It's just looking at trying to sort of blame the prison system from dying in prison. You know, we had one lad on healthcare. He'd, he'd come in with something, I'm thinking he'd got subitex and other stuff. He was on healthcare short time. He went to normal location. He was on methadone. He, he he died in his sleep, and you know there was a big stink over the inquest and that, and staff no duty of care and stuff like that. I I I can't. If you're on methadone, yeah, wherever you are in the jail, and you decide to set, I I can't help you, can I? I can't stop you doing no, that. No, no chance. <clears throat> They've been trying for years to stop it. Yeah, I believe even now it's locked, locked down, I bet they're still at it. Of course it will be, mate. There's all the way, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for that. Which sentence was the hardest? Uh, the IPP one. Was that because of terms and conditions? Because that's what it is, isn't it, with that sentence? With that sentence, I wasn't able... I, I had to put up with a few idiots and I couldn't really stand my ground as good as what I would have if I'd have been on a fixed sentence, if you know what I mean. Yeah, how difficult was that? I had to, well, it was very difficult because it was my pride. Uh, I'd always, if anyone tried to bully me, I'd stand up, but I had a good set of lads. There were a good set of lads, um, proper cons, who knew me, who would step in for me, um, which I didn't really like, but it was still good that they would do that. They'd say, look, don't be causing trouble with him. He's IPP, he can't bloody fight back because if he does, he'll never get out. Because yeah. that's what I was looking at. If I got in, because basically I've got 18 previous convictions for violence, yeah. serious violence, fighting and stabbings and all that sort of thing. And so my record is really bad um, for violence. So if I'd have gone in prison and I'd have been fighting like I did in the 80s, the parole board just would have never... I'd still be in there now. But I'm 60 now, so I'm lucky. Look, I, I, I'm not the man I was when in my 30s. You, you learn how to get away from... You know, I'm not as quick to, like... get, get in situations where I'm going to get in trouble. Right. This, I was going to ask you this at the end, so I'm going to ask it you now. Yeah? What made you a fighter, Tony? What, what makes a fighter? My father the abuse that he used to um, inflict on me from, well I got my first scar at two and a half years old, I forget oh, it's, it, where, he, where he kicked me down the stairs and my head went through a glass window Really? I was two and a half they put me in care then and then I had the other kids bullying me um, then I went back home which was horrendous then, I, then that's when the beatings started Luckily, I'd, at that time, I didn't get sexually abused, only physically and mentally. We'll leave that there now, Tony. We are gonna, uh, we're gonna do Tony's full story. Like any of you guys on there, like I've said to him, it's his story. You know, he has, he's very kindly telling us his story. Uh, it will definitely help people. So I ain't cutting nobody short. We're gonna start at the beginning. I've told him if you don't want to discuss anything, 
you know, that is fine by me. I'm not, you know, make people uncomfortable, whatever. Wow. Okay, mate. Um, did you ever make a conscious decision to change for the better or worse? I did. 2005, when I got the sentence. It was, it was a funny LGD because I was still on drugs then and I knew I was trapped. I was trapped in a world I didn't want to be in. It was like a thirst I couldn't quench. It was like being on a treadmill that was endless, that you're just going round and round and round. I thought, I need out of here. And at the time, my neighbour was causing me a lot of problems. Um, he was one of them neighbours, nightmare neighbours from hell. Yeah. Um, I kept saying to my friends, I'm going to end up going to jail for pruing. I said, but it, it, it'll be okay because then I'll get off drugs, get out, and I'll be fine. But unbeknownst to me, when he decided to come knocking on my door on May the 1st, 2005, IPP had come out April the 4th, 2005. So if I'd have committed my offence a month early, I'd have got maybe seven years, ten at the most. I'd have been off it now. But I got IPP. I was one of the first ones to get it. Up to now... With my sentence and my licence, I've been on IPP almost 17 years. Wow. Just in the simplest terms for people who might not understand, you know, uh, we're getting a few viewers from other countries and that now, Tony. What is an IPP sentence? It's an indeterminate public protection order that the judge gave me. He gave me a three-year, three two-month tariff which I ended up doing eight year, two months because of the violent offender courses I had to do. And I spent four years in strange ways waiting to go to this jail to do this these violent offender courses. I then got out and then you're on license for 10 years. After five, you're allowed to apply for your supervision to be squashed. I'm still on supervision. Explain what supervision is still on Supervision's when you go to probation. When you first get out, you might go every week, then every two weeks and every four weeks. Um, at one point, I was only going in every two months and then a few weeks ago, it was every three months, but probation changed back from private to, to the government and they've squashed all that now after going every month again. And I'm yeah, still so on... You, you're on four times a year and now you're back on 12 times a year. Yeah, and um, it's cheesed me right off because I should have been off supervision years ago, but I'm still on supervision nine years after. But I'm not bothered anyway, but um, I'm up in front of the Pro Board next year, and that's when I can apply to have my licence squashed. I want to ask you something now, because uh, we used the word there, <coughs> which uh, probably suggests something it's not to me, uh, or probably suggests to other people, to me, it don't mean what it's supposed to mean. Supervision. Probation supervision. That's when you go in. Yep. They're not supervising you, are they? You, well, you go for a meeting. I go to the. Well, they come to my house sometimes. They've been to the house. Right. You know, for home visits. Yep. Um, What's that in aid of? Well, to see how you're living, see what, you know, if, if there's anything untoward in the house that looks out of place. You know, they're, they're, very, they're very savvy on stuff like that, but there was never a question that I was up to no good. They knew. I was okay. Um, the fact is, though... I've done it all myself, basically. Well, that, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. They're, they're not actually 
giving you any tools. You, it's up to the individual. The, the statistics are that if you're on supervision, you're more likely to get breached than if you're not. And I should have been off my supervision five, four years ago. Do you, do you think a breach of probation, a breach of your rules should send somebody back to prison? Or do you think people should only be returning to prison if they break the law? Yeah, um, if they break the law, say it's, if I commit another violent offence now, I'd go back to prison for years. Now, if I was to not turn up for one of my appointments, yeah. and I got breached for that, yeah. for doing that, in fact I've only ever, I've had 115, 16 visits to probation, I think I've only ever had one right word, they weren't happy with me, excuse for not going. Yeah. But they can breach you for not turning up, for not cooperating. And with IPP, you do a minimum of, I think, minimum of uh, two years. You're doing two years, definitely, you mate. Know, you're going to be doing two years. Explain a breach. You're not actually committing an offence. You offense. don't have to commit an offence, no, to get breached. You can just break the rules of probation and they can breach you. And send you back to prison for two years. And send you back years. for minimum of two years. But what I'd like to tell all IPPs out there that might not know this, you, I was released in 2013. I'm nine years on licence. If I were to get breached and go back for two years, when I got out, I wouldn't have to start the 10-year licence again. I could apply to the whole, to the pro board 10 years from your first release, no matter how many breaches you've, you've had. It doesn't matter. And that's what probation aren't telling certain clients. You could have been on IPP done six years, get out, done five years on licence, get recalled, and then you might not know that you don't have to do the 10-year licence again, you just do the five and you can still apply for your licence to be squashed no matter how many recalls you've had. Not many people know that. Um, it's fair to say, we'll go into it, Dre, uh, that you've actually, um, let's put this the best way we can, you've actually had to correct probation yeah. on some of the actual rules yeah um, and it was a hard fight but yeah in the end they've accepted now what, what that was based on was when you get your IPP and you get released you've got 10 years on your license before you can apply to the pro board for it to be squashed but in halfway of that you can apply to the lifer panel which is head of probation all probation management, your supervising offender officer, to have your supervision squashed. Now I know there's people out there who've had the supervision squashed who think they've had their license squashed and they haven't. The pro board are the only people that can quash your license and this is where the argument came up with probation. But I just stood my ground, did all my research and I've got all the paperwork now yeah, which yes. proves that I was right and I'll be going in front of the pro board next year and applying to have my license squashed and hopefully it'll happen best of luck with that mate yeah sincerely right a few more questions and then uh i've just got one to ask you and then we'll get on yeah scariest moment in prison scariest moment uh, have you got any moments if nothing Stands out? No? Uh, no, not really. No.
it's just oh i've not had any scary moments in jail actually the people had scary moments for you <laughs> no they just we've just we've just butted heads and then one wins one loses we got blocked for two weeks and then that's it back fine shaking hands end of like a proper like it used to be scrapping it did now it's more like gangs but yeah you could have a fight with anyone on the in the jail man to man mono a mono win or lose you go back to the wing you shake hands end of good were you treated with respect and dignity in prison on this sentence yes in the 80s it wasn't we're going to talk about it that, wasn't we? as good as what it is now well, I, I'm meeting more and more people. Tony were in prison in the eighties. Um, this, do you know the frustrating thing, right? I, I accept bad culture. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of bad things went on in prison. You know, people are very quick to sort of judge people who've been in prison. You know, as violent offenders or whatever. However, for me, if if you're part of a mob. You know, mob rule, which is a thing. It is a proper thing. Yeah, it was. You know, pack animals, it is a thing. If, if you've been part of that, battering people in prison, and some of them for no good reason, because you can, you're no better and sometimes worse because people in prison are being punished. People have battered people for years and never been punished. Yeah. Shouldn't sure. be above the law. And I see them when I watch the old Strange Ways uh, riot films and I see officers... And they say, oh no, we weren't violent. You, I, I, I used to say, I, I screamed and shouted at the telling. My sister said, bloody net, Tony, what's wrong with you? I said, that lying bastard, <laughs> excuse my French. No, you're all right, Tony. He's a right lying. Um, well, I mean, nowadays they have control and restraint, and it is, yeah. it is more humane. Them days they'd be in with fist, feet, yeah. they'd twist you up so that you, they were nearly breaking your bones, your head would be bouncing off the stairs, banging yeah. into the wall, they never watched your head whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, how they didn't kill anybody is beyond me. Well. But yeah, they were. They, it was It was mainly, I think what caused the problem more than anything was they had alcohol on, on, on site and they'd, you'd see them coming back pissed as fuck. I have spoke to the officers who don't want to be named are completely even all these years after John Sutton I don't know if you've seen anything John G I Sutton have. yeah John G Mr. Sutton <laughs> yeah you know he said he, he got attacked by a geezer on Christmas day who went out and had a skinful he, he said to the lad he's giving him a squeeze I, I ain't got time to go home and see my family you can go and see your family, spend an hour with them. The guy went to the, the club, got pissed, come back and attacked him. Uh, I, I can't, I, I, I can remember a few officers, but Mr. Sutton, no, he don't look like probably what, no. the name rings a bell. No, it wasn't nothing, nothing like, he's actually, you can find it on YouTube, Strange Ways documentary <laughs> circa around 1980, he's actually on there arguing against the union and the number one governor. Well, so, I first went to Strangeways in... 81. December 1981, yeah. And I was there from 81, and then I did another sentence in 84 to 86. So I spent all the 80s, more or less, in um, Strangeways. So I know what it was like in them days. Yeah. Um, and I had me run, run in with one particular officer. I forget his name. But we will we'll discuss that. that. Right, this might seem a strange question with what we are, but I'm going to ask it and then I've got another one to ask you. Was prison good to you and without it, wouldn't you have been where you are now? Does that make sense? Was prison good to me? 
Um, it gave me structure, but I had to do it myself. You've got a choice when you go in prison. Yep. You can either toe the line, which I had to, I had no choice, or you can go on D-wing and K-wing and yep. go on the dark side and yep. enjoy, you know, getting to debt or, you know, not getting to debt, run things or go into... And it's not good to you know because that's it's your choice. If you keep your head down like I did on this sentence, I had yeah. to. Yeah. I didn't get I didn't have one fight. One person caused trouble with me and it was the lads on the wing that sorted it because they knew my position. Yeah. So, so they, they, they argued your case and said well, like they said, Listen, don't be causing trouble with him when you know he can't fight back because of his situation. You're not the first IPP prisoner who has you know, a lot of lads have said, you know, you've had to walk away, turn the cheek. Yeah. One, it, one said, one I took, took a good kick in, didn't raise a fist, because I knew if I did, you know, that was... Well, that's why I got put on to K-Wing from uh, A-Wing, because this guy wanted to borrow, because he knew I had loads of backy. Uh, not that I was uh, barroning it out, I just... Is I this on your IPP yeah, sentence? Yeah, yeah, I was a smoker. Yeah. Come on, T, you've got backy, just lend me half ounce, and I refused to lend lend it in because he was a heroin addict and I thought no I'm not doing it I'll not get it back and he, he, he smacked me in the gob but the officers saw him hit me yeah. saw me grab him yeah. and I could have just obliterated him if I'd have wanted because yeah. once I had hold of him he knew he knew that I, I had him yeah. but I didn't retaliate I just kept hold of him the officers came in I held my hands back anyway we got adjudicated but I know from later that some lads have gone into his cell and said, you better tell the truth of what happened. Yeah. Because if he gets a guilty on this, you're getting and it. And the caution's a guilty, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the fact that you didn't punch him, it's still classed as a fight in prison law. Yeah. Because you, you've had hands on. You could yeah. get a caution, which, although it's the least punishment, it still would be on your record, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I went in front of the governor and I pleaded not guilty told him the situation. The officers said that he did hit me. He said that I did grab him, but to stop him hitting me more, yeah. but I didn't retaliate. Yeah. He got found guilty, yeah. and I got found not guilty. Um, and that's, that's the only ever time I've ever been found not guilty for, for a, a altercation. But yeah, the, all the other times, I just took it two weeks down the block, do you whatever time they had on, and end of. But, Right, I, I want to ask you, there's two questions I want to ask you. This one has just come to mind now. So Ray Gilbert, the lad I've recently interviewed, yeah, do 36 years, yeah. trying to fight his innocence. So a comment on the video, it said, somebody with, it was a negative comment, but you know, if there's going to be a negative comment, that's fine. It said that Ray was no angel. So first of all, right, 36 years, every single day, Ray wasn't setting cells on fire, protesting, assaulting staff, yeah? What I do want to say is, 1981, same as you, Ray was in strange ways. He was down the block, he got a beating, he was subjected to racial abuse. People have to understand, don't they, that people like oh, Ray... I, I saw the they, racial abuse. I've yeah, seen they it create, These prisoners, some are going to take it, some can't stand up for themselves, or are too fearful for. Other people, like Ray, are going to say, if, if you're going to talk to me and treat me like that, I'm going to kick back, aren't they? The only prisoner who i never seen getting racially abused by the staff was 
I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name or I still talk to him now even to this day I still and I see him all the time Delroy Showers now only old school will remember Delroy but he was the daddy of the jail back in the day yeah uh, he had his own cell everything he, you could want he had on his windowsill yeah um, he was one of them where we was in the and why didn't they racially abuse him well he he was he was a millionaire yeah he had a lot of pull yeah plus he probably could have fought six or seven officers on his own yeah and he he, he weren't one for not you know he could have arranged things outside he was he was he was a gangster he was a gangster he's not anymore he's settled down now but yeah. like back in the day do. yeah, yeah. He, he he wanted to be trifled with and i never saw anyone racially abuse him inmate or staff ever <laughs> trifled he, with he, you're he, very <laughs> polite you told you know for someone who's been a scrapper and i have absolutely no doubt trifled with yeah even i want to trifle with delroy do you know what he's uh yeah he, he yeah, even I, even I wouldn't have messed with that. Yeah. Listen, everyone has passed, don't they, mate? So, people need to acknowledge, don't they, that some of these people, the abuse and treatment they received from the prison system, made well, it was them horrendous. I seen it firsthand, and there were no, you know, it, like you said, it was mob culture. A lot of them were racist. It, a lot of them were in. Was it uh, National Front? National Front. Yeah, in days. John G. But, Sutton. You know, definitely. You just knew. Um, and you knew if you was to go down the block, I was down the block all the time. Yeah. But because it was for fighting, I never sort of was wrong to the staff. It's because, it's because you right, explain that. It's, it's, if you if you were down the block for fighting staff or assaulting someone, I'd have got you, battered. Yeah. Yeah. But when I was in there down there just for fighting inmates, yeah. As long as I didn't cause them a problem, which I didn't, I'd yeah. do me two week down the block. In fact, I learned how to juggle with my socks down there. I did that long. <laughs> I, I used my socks to learn how to juggle, and I can still juggle. And every oh granddaughter my. loves it. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so I never had any problem with the staff. They, you know, I've had many a fight, gone down there, do the checks, check yeah. me, check yeah. them, you know, and then you, you go in front of the governor, you get your two weeks down the block, no no canteen, none of this. Um, and then, but you'd have any cigs sent down anyway. But um, so I never went without a cig. In all time, in all blocks, I did. But yeah, the staff. I mean, you did get your decent staff in the eighties. Then it weren't. Well, thank you, Tony. Do you know what they weren't? Look, John G. Sutton tried his best. He has said quite definitely there were lots of good people. Some people say if there's wrongdoing going on and you don't address it you're as bad as it but if all the good people had left that wouldn't have been good either would it so some of them were just dogs i don't want to name one in particular because i don't want to name names but he's, his name begin with mr d and he was a dog he wasn't really much into assaulting people he just talked to you like you was a piece of shit right yeah yeah he looked down at you he's i think he's still there now or he was when i was there in a 2005, six, seven, eight, nine. I was there till. So, final question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, toothpaste. Tell me about toothpaste. Well, is this 1981 yeah, again? Yeah, this is about. Right. Tell me about toothpaste, mate. I think, what wing was I on, man? <clears throat> uh, it I don't think, matter. I think it was B wing. Um, yeah. I've just been moved. Is this your first sentence? 
No, uh, no. My first ever time in prison was Risley in 1977. Okay. Uh, I was put on remand. But yeah, this is my first ever sentence, and I got sent to Strangeways. Yep. Um, three years for wounding, a fight in a pub. Um, so I get to Strangeways, and I'm on the YP wing, fighting every day. Uh, they finally reclassified me as an adult, even Which though I was very only rare. 20. It is rare. Um, but Explain what that means, Tony. Sorry for interrupting me. It's when Just so they I know. wasn't an adult, but I was 20, and I was going to be an adult in about nine months. I've very few problem children. <laughs> the youngest, we, we had to have him down the block when he was 17 till he was 18, come to Forest Bank. He, he was put in adult jail at 17, so we had him down the block till his 18th birthday, and then he went on normal location. He didn't last normal, he, he was back to the block. But the men before the time, aren't they, the problematic, and what they see with you, because you are you were, because you were violent, putting you on adults, which is more settled. It is, yeah, I didn't have hardly any fights. And really, it give you a squeeze, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did, because it, I was fighting every day with one knobhead, or excuse the phrase. <laughs> Tony, you've been very polite, There's There mate. was a lot of, a lot of gobshite knobhead bully boys, and it was always them that I, I looked at, looked for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this toothpaste, <laughs> I was on B-Wing, I'd just been reclassified, um, his pad mate were cleaning his teeth, I don't know what I was doing in summer. And he spat the toothpaste, instead of, back them days we used to have a piss pot. Yeah. Instead of spitting it in the piss pot, or in the bowl or whatever, he, he, he should have done it, he spat it out the window. I never saw this. Anyway, five minutes later, bit time it takes an officer to come up the stairs to the fours where I was. Um, K423, I think it was. He must have been. Oh no, B. It, it was either K423 or B. B wing. I can't remember. But he came bursting in the cell, and because I was stood up and my pad mate had got back on his bed, he started boxing my ears, punching me in the face. Well, I never retaliated. I just stood there. What proper punching? But, yeah. Full on. Full on punches. Yeah. But they were just bouncing off like they were nothing because I did have a tough jaw them days. Yeah. You know, I could take a crack. Yeah. I've always been able to take a crack. And he went, I'll never forget what he said to me. He had a big bulbous nose, like a big red hair, bulbous yeah. nose. I forget his name, but Mr. What's he called? Mr. Sutton might remember him. Mr. John big G. bulbous Sutton. nose and ginger hair. Yeah. And he started boxing my ears and then. He said, oh, it's a good job you didn't start back. And my exact words back to him were, yeah, for you. Because if I'd have started back, I'd You'd have, have done it. Oh, Did I'd you think I'd about doing it? No, 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 I could have, but no, because that would have been the worst thing I could have done because then I would have been down the block and got me, me like, I think that I did better letting him do what he did and still stay standing and still smiling when yeah, he walked if, out the if pub. If I hit you three or four times in the face on the jaw, and you still stood there smiling. I think I'd uh, think what, my bum would start what, twitching a bit, mate. What, what, well, that's when he said it's a good job you didn't start back, and I said, yeah, for you. So. And then, no, I'm not finished though. No. I did, he, he closed the door, and then I took it out on the pad, mate. I battered him around the pad. <laughs> did you? I levered him around the pad, you dickhead. What are you doing? Well, you know, fair dues. This is the final question. Okay. Part of being tough is being able to take it as well, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Well, you've got to be able to take a crack, yeah. And give it. 
Um, so I mean I'm 60 now, so I'm past all that now. Leave it to my son who's 33, who's a mini-me, yeah, leave it Oh, to is me. he? Yeah. Right, Tony. That's 20 questions, or way more than 20 questions, with Tony Wilson. Full life story. Um, as you're watching this Sunday night, following Sunday, Sunday after that, however long it takes. Um, I appreciate your time, mate. Okay. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Welcome. Tony Wilson. Some people.